Real Talk with Katie Brown, and we're on to our next episode. And joining me today is Muscle Up, Maddie Ritchie. <laughs> How are you? Good, good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, That's I'm okay. Be, yeah. <laughs> Another girl from Grafton. Look out. Okay, so this is the one thing that we have to do for Real Talk is you have to be real, so you can't be fake. It's mandatory. Uh, can you abide by those rules? <laughs> I can abide by that. I don't know how to be anything other than me, so... <laughs> I think that's a that good thing coming true. from the country. <laughs> <laughs> Which goes back to the statement. I'm like, what if, like, you know, it's me? <laughs> and you know what? If you do uh, lie or be fake, somebody in in Grafton, in town, well, no. is going to know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what you're up on it, too. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. One word that best describes yourself, too, before we get into things. Um, so I would say for me, everything I do, it's passionate I don't know if you want me to elaborate on that but I think every little thing I do in life so far I sort of go 100 mile an hour at it I you know when I went to uni I decided to stay up until two o'clock in the morning studying and wanted to get HDs and all that sort of thing so I just sort of dive headfirst into everything and um, if it's something that I enjoy or I'm passionate about then yeah I'll um, throw my all at it so that's perfect I love that yeah. for you. And I think when we start talking about muscle up, everybody will be able to agree with passionate for sure. Um, I like to think of a word as well. And I couldn't look past warm for you. I know that's not like a, um, you, of course you're inspirational and you motivate me and you're gorgeous and you're smart, but warm just feels right for you because I just always want you to succeed. You're that that humble, beautiful warm person and I think you um oh, are really attractive to everybody everybody wants to be around you and that's like oh, a very very nice trait yeah that's so so nice to hear I think one of the things I've been working on this year is um I just want to be like this sounds really corny but just known as a good person you know at the end of the day like I don't mind I would love to make an impact and I would love to you know things that we're doing be successful but at the end of the day, I just want to be known as a good person or someone that people want to work with and, you know, sort of go along life with. So, yeah, that means a lot. Thank you. Let's get into Muscle Up because we've, we've spoken about it. And for our listeners, uh, you and I are both from Grafton. I have watched you succeed at life on, on the hockey pitch as well as away from it um you're a super mum and you've started this muscle up business which is an active wear brand but more than that so tell me and the listeners what is muscle up so i guess in the middle of covid and um with a newborn baby and on maternity leave um asher and i my partner we decided to yeah start muscle up and i think what was the driving force behind doing that was we wanted to make a difference. And um, I'm a registered nurse, really passionate about health. And we just really wanted to do something down that field. And I've always wanted to do something in um, like health promotion and that sort of area. Um, so we started Muscle Up um, basically as a social enterprise. So we wanted to find a way to generate an income so that we could support um, health-based um, organizations and things like that, particularly in the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander space. So that's our focus is basically at the end of the day, one of my big life goals is that when I, um, end up, you know, leaving the earth that our, um, life expectancies are quite similar to non-Indigenous population. That's just like the biggest thing I want to see. Cause at the moment 
there's a huge, huge, huge gap in that um, for many, many, many reasons. But that's just something I want to contribute to over my life. And I think that's one of the driving forces behind us starting Muscle Up. Absolutely. And I want to get into more about Muscle Up as the brand, but I know who you are, Maddie Ritchie, but <laughs> for everybody else, who are you? Um, okay, so I'm, I'm 28. Um, I'm a mom. We've got two girls. Um, I've got a five-year-old who we're homeschooling for the first time at the moment, which is very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got a 15-month-old as well. Um, I graduated in 2019 as a registered nurse. Prior to that, I was in real estate, which um, I really enjoyed, but you know, that whole passionate side of things with health, it really just didn't sort of fulfill that desire. Um, wasn't really the right journey for me. So um, absolutely love nursing. I love sport, growing up playing every sport under the sun. I think in Grafton you do, like it's so easy to go to different sports. So yeah, hockey, tennis, um, basketball, everything but netball. <laughs> <laughs> How did I not drag you across? Yeah, we had a rivalry, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, love just being active, love sport, really pa- as, yeah, yeah, passionate about healthy lifestyles and doing what we can to, like, promote that. Um, and I think family as well, you know, like I'm a bit of a feminist. I um, do sit on the board for the um, domestic violence group here in Grafton. So I'm really passionate about, you know, women having equal opportunities and rights in the workplace and on the sporting field. So I think that's something that you've spoken about a lot already. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. There's a lot there, but. <laughs> no, I feel like that's, people want to uh, know you better. And then I feel like they can make it personable with the brand as well and relate to it. And also um, born in Grafton, which would make, are you born in Grafton? So you're a Bundjalung or? No, no, no. So yeah, I'm a I'm Aboriginal woman from, um, I was born in Armadale, but my family are Gamilaroi. So um pop originally was from the bogabilla area out northwest new south wales and his family might move down to ten um well up uh, i don't know yeah east to tenerfield um yeah yeah yeah. so that's where my parents are from but i've lived in grafton on bunjong country since i was two basically so very familiar with it down here armadale girl so gamilaroi okay yeah, there you go. Yeah. See, that's something I didn't know. Let's um, <laughs> let's talk about muscle up because you you've sort of given us the background on that. But for uh, everybody wondering, why would it be more than just an activewear brand? Um, I guess it's not really about the activewear, if that makes sense. It's just something that Asher and I know. Um, we've always been like interested in clothing. We always, I guess, in our health and fitness journeys. I've always wanted to wear nice clothes and things like that. So it was just something that we were familiar with that we thought we could go down the path. And I also do Aboriginal art. So we wanted to incorporate that. And obviously active wear, like that fits in really well. And we saw a bit of a gap there as well. There's not too many people in the market doing that. Um, but Muscle Up is more about that giving back and about creating this community of people that um, raising awareness for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health issues. So if you're not Indigenous, you know, you're getting that education and being more aware of those sort of issues. Um, But as I said before, like giving back to community organisations in that space. Um, I guess we're in very early days, but we have been able to support um, a group in Central Australia who um, basically have cut out the cost of transporting fresh meat to remote communities. 
So in the future, we'd like to work more with them. But as I said, it's quite early days at the moment, just sort of. That's great, though. Yeah. Don't downplay it. (laughs) Dreams are Um, free and and you you had a dream, you brought it to light and you're you're doing it and you are helping. So a percentage of the profits you make from the activewear brand helps you fund these great projects. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically yeah, yeah. It's not about, yeah, so for us, it's not about, we both have um, full-time jobs. Well, like I don't work full-time, but I have permanent jobs. Um, so for us, this is something we do extra outside of work hours that is purely, yeah, just to help support. Like it's a way for us to give back, which we didn't have in the first place. So anyone who supports us is, you know, directly contributing to that, which is awesome. <laughs> which goes back to you being a good person and you're helping us be good people. On your website, Muscle yeah. Up, um, inclusivity, uh, diversity, awareness to mainstream and health and fitness. I loved it. I loved mm. it because we want to be an inclusive society. And yeah. you've spoken about Muscle Up being more than that. And yes, it is in its early stages, but it has the potential to really be this educational and motivating platform um, where you can attract not just an Indigenous audience, but a non-Indigenous audience and change the greater good. Absolutely. Like I have, if you saw some of my journals and that, you'd be like, whoa, I have all of these (laughs) ideas and big dreams for what we can do. Um, As I said, I... um, being in the nursing health sort of field, I would really love to develop some programs and things like that, particularly for our kids. I think that um, those good habits and, you know, those healthy yeah, habits, daily actions that you take sort of start when you're a kid. Um, and I think that having positive role models and being able to implement some, you know, really good strategies in those early years of life, I think, is something that I'm really passionate about. So. Where do you start for that? Because I I think it's spoken about quite a bit and it must be something that's really challenging because we are yet to see um, um, the life expectancy become more equal. And I know that's a big thing that you're focusing on. So where do you start? Um, I don't know. And I guess if we had the answers, then we would be seeing change. I need to read your journal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, gosh. No, don't. (laughs) We're so complex too, you know, like... I'm sitting here talking today, but I'm just one person and I don't represent, you know, the whole, you know, diverse population of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the country. Um, Something that may work for our community might not work for, you know, um, my people out West and, Mm. you know, vice versa for people who are living in the middle of Australia, that's not going to be programs that we implement there aren't going to, you know, be the same as ones on the coast. So I think that I, in health, I'm really passionate about educating them on the why, like why we're here, how we got here today, um, what happened and what happened, what has happened since then for our outcomes to be as they are today. Because once we understand the why and also those little things, those nuances too about how we are so different across all different nations. So I think understanding that we are almost like Europe if in a way and then every little different Aboriginal nation is like a different country if that makes sense so we are different cultures different beliefs you know and some are even opposing beliefs so I think we can't have these blanket approaches which we've tried to do in the past and we keep trying to do you know we'll have this big rollout of something and that's not you know obviously working and that's why our focus is on these grassroots community organizations because 
these are the people who know what's happening in the community and they're the organizations that you know are either from that community or are working directly with the community and listening to them and I guess we're very picky with that as well because we want to work with people who know what's happening in that space so I think yeah having an individualized approach um, starting early starting young our kids are so resilient they're so strong they are so talented in every way like I can't even begin to tell you how like smart they are if we started to tap into our Indigenous ways of being and doing you would just I think we start to realize this inbuilt just ancient wisdom and knowledge is there um, and the only way to tap into it is to start to work in our ways if that makes sense because it's intergenerational knowledge that they have but we're just constantly getting trying to fit into this box that doesn't work for us. And um, yeah. That's so interesting. That's a lot. No, yeah. <laughs> I love the analogy with Europe and we're all these little separate countries mm. and what, what what could work for Italy may not work for Greece. It's It exactly. makes so much sense. Um, I guess like, I don't know if like people would agree with me saying that, but it's just something I say to make, yeah, so for that like light bulb moment to go, oh yeah, I get it, you know. Just yeah. because you're Aboriginal doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, think and act the same way as someone on the other side of the country because we are so different. And that's why I'm always cautious of talking to people too because what I say isn't, you know, gospel, not even for everyone in this community because we all have different experiences. We all have different, like, starting points in life. Um, I acknowledge that I was quite lucky. You know, I had two parents, mum's um, university educated, you know, we've always had opportunities in life. And so, yeah, I think I'm very wary of how I come across because of that. But I think having that awareness also is a positive thing too. And yeah, yeah. hopefully. But can. if you don't speak up, then uh, we can't progress and move forward. So what you're doing is, is super yeah. brilliant. One thing that we can tap into is sport and education. And that's what you're doing with Muscle Up. You can yeah, use health yeah. and fitness as a way of educating um, and I feel like those two go hand in hand so well. The big um, working in a sports space, I see, uh, I guess, a gap and still a lot of work to be done in terms of racism in sport. We've seen it. We see it every week. We see it in society so much as well. Um, for you, is there, is there something that we can do from your perspective on making it yeah. better? I just want them to take a hard line. Like, I just want there to be like a no tolerance for it because I think we, you know, something will happen and there'll be this big conversation about it and there'll be this big, you know, back and forth, trying to find out what happened, trying to find out the reasons behind it, trying to rationalise why someone said something that was just overt racism. Um, yeah. So there's sort of, there's two different things in society. We've got our systemic side of racism, which is really hard to unpick because, at the, end of, at the end of systemic racism, the um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander population is oppressed or, you know, isn't able to achieve. Um, but it trickles down and it's very hard to pick out the pieces that are racism in that. But then you've got your overt racism, which is someone just, you know, doing slurs or just, you know, leaving people out because of their culture and identity. So I think when it comes to sport and when it comes to people just being racist and it's obvious, and people have, you know, said slurs directly to someone or, you know, they've left, you know, for whatever reason, left people out. But it's obvious and it's out there. And everyone with a conscience can look and say that's what it is. 
there just needs to be no tolerance for it. Like, Mm, (laughs) it's not that hard. You know, when it comes to that sort of thing, it's just like, call them out, you know, suspend them, get rid of them, whatever it is, and educate Mm. them. I mean, I don't think leaving people out is the answer, but having some form of way to, you know, educate them is, I guess, obviously always a good thing. But when it comes to, yeah, especially just slurs, like it's happened a fair bit recently up here in footy um, that I've heard. It's affected a family member who was quite young as well. Um, So I think when it comes to that, just, but there's this, all these like processes they have to go down. They have to like, you know, put a complaint in and then go back and forth and have all this big system just to come back at the end of the day and say, no, we shouldn't use those slurs towards Aboriginal people. And it's like, just stamp your foot down when it happens. And yeah. yeah. And if you know that that's going to be the answer you get every time, then you almost give up. It's great you and I having this conversation because I'm sick to death of it and I'll never know what it's like to to feel those feels. Um, Mm. And that's something that I, as a non-Indigenous person, always try to say to somebody else of non-Indigenous background. You might think think that what you said wasn't racist, but you'll never get it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's really hard. I find really difficult because so obviously I I have tan skin and darker skin, but I'm not, people won't like walk past me and go, yep, you're definitely Aboriginal. So I often hear comments that people will say because they feel safe as if I'm not an Aboriginal person. So they'll say something, yeah. you know, about, you know, an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander person that they wouldn't say in front of their face or they wouldn't have yelled out, for mm. example, on the sidelines. Um but, yes, yeah, so I found myself in those situations, which is different to having them said to you. I don't know how I would feel if someone was just yelling them out to me. Like, I don't know how I would react to that. And, you know, I could well be someone who turned around and was, like, aggressive because, you know, you're just sick of it. You just hear it all the time. So, um, but being in those situations, it is so uncomfortable as well. Like, there's that side of it. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's. We need people, you know, like yourself to just call it out. And because often being that person having to call it out, you carry that burden as well. So Mm. that's why we need non-Indigenous people to be the people to step up and say that's not okay. And, yeah, yeah. 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 We've been having quite a few discussions, I know, in sports media because you're right, there needs to be harsher punishment. Latrell Mitchell, he built up the courage, reported uh, two yeah. two men who were abusing him on social media and mm. one of them got a $750 fine the other one got a $400 fine which is probably nothing <laughs> one of them still lives at home with his parents and my mm. immediate thought was what what in the world like how does that happen I guess it's like this is going to sound really mean I guess in a way but it's not important to non-Indigenous people, if that if that's a really big blanket statement. But um, as you said before, if you can't understand the feelings and you can't fully grasp how it's, like, hurtful, then it's not um, something that can be fully understood by, like, a panel of non-Indigenous people that it yeah. comes in front of. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, like, so they can make the, at the end of the day, that's, a big thing I'm really <laughs> pushing for, especially like in health, is that we have Indigenous voices on boards and in discussions and in meetings and whatnot because when it comes to policies or making decisions like that, 
there needs to be Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voices sitting there going, you know, stepping up in the meetings to say, no, that's not okay, and yeah. be the ones to hand out those punishments because we get debated about a lot around tables of non-Indigenous people. Yes. That makes sense. And it's like our issues that are affecting us and calls that are affecting us and decisions are being made by people who aren't us. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it happens all the time. And you go, yeah. even with the you know male boards making decisions for women's sport, like oh, the same got thing. Yeah, no yeah. idea. Or even yeah, 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 I think um Laurel Hubbard, the transgender, first openly transgender athlete at Tokyo. Yeah. And you've got an IOC, um, the, the International Olympic Committee, who have put together these rules. And they're not mm. transgender, so they've got no idea. No but idea, yeah. Back yeah. to your point, that is such a good point. It's also this vicious cycle of getting people like yourself in Aboriginal and Torres Strait communities to want to put yourself and put your hand up and be in those positions. I was going to say, because then it brings up the next thing, is that we do put ourselves in those spaces and it is exhausting. Get like, you know, we come home and we've got families and we've got all these other things that we're trying to do. Like... One of the one of the best things that's come out of Muscle Up is the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander businesses that I've that we've you know connected with as a result of that, and they're just not they're not just businesses they're you know active in community like there is one business who is absolutely she's phenomenal and so her name's Marley she's barefoot wandering photography and this last week she's from out west New South Wales as well and she's spent her whole week organising donations and everything for the people out at Volga Lightning Ridge area. And so we're not just, what I've noticed from everyone like in these spaces, they're not just running a business, but they're, you know, trying to lift up communities and trying to do like, we're not special in this space. You know, so many people are doing this sort of work. And I think that's the thing that people are going to understand is that we don't walk in the door and take our hat off. Um, because of our communities and because we're so community-minded, once we walk in the door, we're still thinking about what we need to do and how we can help. And it's a 24-7 role that we take on. So, yeah, so we need people in those spaces, but, yes, it's very hard and I think it's exhausting. So you also need to be supported. And I think that is why we need um, our allies and non-Indigenous people to really fully understand so they know when to step up and they feel comfortable stepping up in the right ways, which is complicated as well. But it'd be it, it, <laughs> it is great, though, because I feel like we answer questions to people listening going, ah, yes, that's a good point yeah. that Maddie's made because um, I wouldn't <laughs> know how exhausting it could be just talking to different people, different walks of life, um, and you, mm. you hit the nail on the head 24-7. You just... You're forever fighting a fight you feel like you can't win. Yeah, and, like, I try to explain this to someone once as well, is that I have a, I always have a filter. Like, I particularly when I talk about with work, as in with nursing, um, anything that happens I, or anything that's being talked to me about, like any studies or, I don't know, just clinical practice or protocols or policies, I then have a filter that runs through of, is this appropriate for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander population? And that's a filter that no, like, you know, if you're not Indigenous, you don't have that filter. You're not thinking Mm -hmm. about that all the time. Um, Yeah. Or, you know, if we're caring for Aboriginal patients, you know, I have this added added stress to make sure that, you know, there's no prejudice or biases here. And it's, it's really tricky. 
yeah and it's yeah it is 24 7 and it's something that or you're the go-to person for people wanting to know something about aboriginal health and you're like i don't get paid extra for this but that's okay yeah <laughs> well, then, even even me talking to you about yeah. you know, indigenous issues and, <laughs> i almost when i um heard the eddie bett statement uh last week he a text walker in the afl was mm. was racist and um I, I had to think about it and I'm like, everybody's going to another Indigenous person to get a comment here. Is mm. it out of, so for a white person, is it, am I out of place to have my say in saying to the white Australia, hey, let's be better? No, I don't think so. Like, I think if you're, if you've taken the time to really be educated, um, then I think you, and if it is just, you know, you're saying just be better and you're not going into specifics about the population, you know, you're not going and saying this was bad because of this and I'm a know-all of this topic, you know. Um, But if you're just saying like, hey, this is not okay, then that's what we need. Like we need people just saying it's not okay. Mm. Um, That video was super uncomfortable to watch. (laughs) I found, yeah. Uh, For our listeners, if you have not watched the Tex Walker Mm. Uh, racism apology video please check that out you <laughs> will do yourself a favor on how not to apologize to anyone let alone their race it was um it was embarrassing yeah. wasn't it yeah yeah it was yeah. just icky like and it wasn't um it wasn't I genuine. Don't think it came across that like it's not my space like I don't really like keep in touch with that sort of news like but it was just yeah and that happens a lot, you know. People are called out and they apologise because they've been called out and, you know, don't want to be that person. But What was more awkward about that video was uh, Robbie, who he had uh, racially abused, was sitting behind him in the mm. video, yeah. above him. And it was just, it was so awkward. It, everything yeah. about it was wrong. I thought whoever, yeah. whichever person in this industry has encouraged him to do this is so wrong, but... And again, like, I wonder how it was orchestrated. Like, was it orchestrated by non-Indigenous people and then, like, it's been set up this way, you know? I don't know. Yeah, and that's another thing. We've got to take everything (laughs) with a grain of salt because you go, I really don't know what, like, there's always two sides in the real side, but what they showed didn't didn't look good. We won't get two (laughs) more down in the dumps because what you're doing, you know, you, you said you're only one person at the start of this interview, but you're one person more creating positive change, which we all want because... I know for myself, uh, I definitely want um, Australia to be better and and what you're doing is super inspirational. So keep it up. What's next for Muscle Up? So we've got a couple of new items coming out. We've got some really cool bike shorts, which which feature like all Aboriginal art, which is amazing. Um, And yeah, so basically we've got to get that out. And we have... I probably can't say too much to be honest, but there's a few sort of things happening that people who would like to support. <laughs> <Sick>. Yeah. <laughs> um, people who have been really wanting to support for a while, just trying to make those partnerships and um, yeah, and have something that's ongoing and consistent. So our bike shorts, I, I can definitely say that the bike shorts, part like part of the profits will definitely be going all of it towards a um, community organization. Um, so no matter like so all of the sales of those bike shorts you if you buy a pair of those bike shorts then you'll be supporting aboriginal health promotion basically and that can be guaranteed yeah love it i think that's probably the most exciting thing um 
We also have hopefully in the future, which has sort of been put on hold because of COVID and sporting events not happening, but we would like to open um, some scholarship opportunities up for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander athletes as well that we'd like to support. Um, I know when I was younger, I was able to travel for hockey because of scholarships that I'd received. Um, and a lot of those were just government ones and highly sought after. And I think we'd like to do more like a nomination process as opposed to like an application process where we pick. It would be like people nominating kids cool. who are doing really cool things. Um, yeah, because as I said, I felt the direct positive impacts of that when I was younger and yeah. just having that extra, you know, $500,000 to put towards travel um, and uniforms was, yeah, made, you know, enabled me to do it, you know, without those some of those scholarships, I would never have been able to do what I did with hockey so yeah I'd like to do that for for kids now love it that's perfect that's amazing Maddie love your work love (laughs) muscle up oh do you know what I didn't ask was where did you get the name muscle up from oh (laughs) so uh, that's a whole that's a rabbit hole um okay oh I love it (laughs) best or last so we Oh gosh, this like takes it right back to where my love started. Um, we're right into CrossFit. We're like, we are, you know, CrossFit lovers. I'm like that person who was, you know, originally like, no, CrossFit's not the be all and end all. And now I'm like, yeah, no, it's awesome. Like do it. <laughs> <laughs> so muscle up is a moving CrossFit um, on bars or rings. So it's quite difficult to achieve. Um, and so we dropped the vowels in muscle. And so it's MSCL.up. Um, which now that I know more about branding and business, that wasn't the best move, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll roll I, think, I love it personally. But... Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a really hard move to attain and it's um, I am big on constantly working towards something. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be able to do everything. Um, you know, if you want to make a difference, if you want to start working towards your health and fitness goals, you don't have to go and run out, run 5Ks or, you know, even 2Ks. Like You can just go for a walk a day. Um, so for me, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do a muscle up in CrossFit, but it's like that thing that you're constantly working towards. And I wanted that message to come through that you can just get up and do something little each and every day. Like it's those daily habits, those small little routines that you do that will take you towards where you want to go. Um, so yeah, that's sort of like the whole reason behind that. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, My journalism skills are real rusty today. <laughs> well, look, we haven't like really delved into that. Hey, but um It's great to know. Yeah. I love the like, analogy. Yeah. Just working towards something. Like I'm always working on myself. Um, Ash is the same. Like we're always going, what can we do next? What can we do next? Um, how can we be better? As I said, like, you know, be better people, better parents, um, and all of that. So I think that's one thing I like to get through is that you don't have to, you know, be perfect or a world beater, but you just work on yourself a little bit each day. Um, Even if you're down the dumps and it is just getting out of bed and, you know, eating something good for breakfast and that's where it ends, you know, you can tick that off and start again. Great advice. and Great job. Keep smashing it. (laughs) Keep kicking goals. I'm loving watching on. It's been unreal. Thanks, Maddie. (laughs) That's all right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Team, if you enjoyed that one, like and subscribe for me. And don't forget, we're here for a real time, not a long time.